0: Thank you. Thanks very much. That's a real warm welcome. Um, I'm always very excited to be um, resurgent in resurgence. Um, always look for it towards every single month. Um, and thanks, Travis, for that. Uh, my head is almost falling on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is actually our two year anniversary. <laughs> um, And it's interesting how God would, um, you can't hide from God. Um, When I first came to, I came to Edmonton or Canada to heal, more or less. Um, I was more or less burnt out. I was in the U.S. for 10 years. I tell people, that that, what am I doing in Canada? And I say, I'm healing from the U.S. and Nigeria. (laughs) So, um, and Travis referred. To how um, there's a story behind my standing in front of you here to preach. Um, so, after we met, you know, Travis has been always coming to me to say, um, You need to share. If you want to share, feel free to. You know, you have a message, you have something to give. And I'll say, Ah, no, I'm not ready. Join us for this. Ah, uh, no, I'm not ready. And there's a reason why I was doing all that. Why don't you come out and share? Share during the advance. Ah, uh, I don't know. And then, um, last, early last month, he said, um, I feel you should preach at the next resurgence, but before you say no. <laughs> go and pray about it and i was thinking oh gosh now the man of god has said that god has told him to preach and i'm coming to tell him no my goodness but still i told him i'm not ready <laughs> and that was the saturday that um um what's his name the guy michael came to preach and we had a meeting with michael with some of the leaders and at it was that meeting, Travis asked me, are you ready to preach? And I said, no, I'm not really ready. And then the next um, Saturday resurgence meeting, someone now came up to me and said, and I, the exact words I told Travis is, I am not ready. And somebody came up to me and said, I don't know you. I've never seen you before, but I just had a vision of you, and you were dressed in um, the armor in Ephesians 6, 18. And God said, you are ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, now of course, that includes this meeting and some, a few other things that um, somehow clicked. In my, is, is, did the pers- is the person here in this meeting who said that? Probably not. Um, yeah, but it was a very interesting. But one thing that that whole story brings out is that we're a community. God knows where you are. And God sees you. And God hasn't forgotten you. And God will draw you out and um, help you to step into the gifts and the callings that he has placed on your life. God will meet you at the point of your need. And the Holy Spirit is present here. And the Holy Spirit is going to meet you just as um, many of the people that stood before me have said. That the Holy Spirit is going to encounter you today. Amen. And so this is a really great community. We're here for one another. We're here to call out. Um, the things that God has placed in your heart and in your life, the gifts and the callings, we're here to call it out. And just, you know, just as Travis was saying, you need to share, you need to use your gift. And there was someone else in the community who came out as well to confirm that. And so the thing is that we are a body, we are resurgence. Uh, resurgence is not only Travis, and there's no way he can do it by himself. And there's no way the leadership team can do it by themselves. But it actually requires the whole body. And, you know, we are of the same spirit because all of us have one thing in common. We are hungry for more of God. We are hungry to see the spirit of God move in Edmonton, move in our midst, move in Edmonton and move all over Canada. And we are a unique body as well because we are multicultural we are multi-denominational, we are multi-generational. So we reach into every aspect of society, and you are unique, and there, is, there are people that only you can touch. And as the presence of God begins to fill this place, and as the spirit of God begins to move in a stronger and stronger way, we carry that same power and spirit into our own various niches and that way we can set the whole city on fire and we can spread that same fire all over Edmonton, all over Canada. I believe that God has a unique and special calling for resurgence and I will encourage you to actually identify and take your place and stand where God has placed you and rise and let us rise together and seek the face of God and, and yield to the spirit of God and let him have his way and flow with him and, 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 and obey him and let him do his will and walk his will and have his way amongst us. And we will really, really see great things. I believe this is just the start of really great and mighty things that God wants to do in our midst and beyond. Amen. So today I want to talk about prayer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so today I want to talk about prayer, and I want to start with a scripture. And I'll talk a little bit about my own journey in prayer. And um, I will start from Ezekiel twenty-two thirty. So Ezekiel. um, You can open there in your scripture. It says, And I sought for a man, this was God speaking, I sought for a man among them that. should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore have I poured out mine indignation upon them and have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. And this is a very, very interesting scripture. Um, Now, of course, all scripture must be read in context, and this is in the context of the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. And we are going to reinterpret it in the context of the New Testament. Now, in this, at this time, there was a lot of wickedness in the land. Um, a lot of evil was going on. And God, sitting as judge, based on his covenant with the children of Israel, his covenant was, if you obey me, I will bless you. If you disobey me, these curses will come upon you. But despite that covenant... God still intended and always intends to have mercy. He was a God of grace in the Old Testament. He's a God of grace in the New Testament. But for him to have mercy and grace upon their wickedness, their disobedience, their rebellion, he needed a man to stand in the gap. And the Bible says that God searched all over the land looking for just one person to stand in the gap and intercede for the land, but he didn't find any, and therefore his wrath was poured out. And you see the same thing in Genesis with Abraham at the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. The Bible said that will I do the thing, well if you read prior to that verse, the Bible says that the sin and the cry of the land has come up to me. The Hebrew word read the earth is shrieking, groaning because of their sins and god came down to investigate is this true and if this is true then judgment must come upon the land and the bible said that when that he would not do this thing god said i will not do this thing except i first discuss it with my friend abraham and abraham now stood before god and made intercession for the land and it is so impressive how a man under the old covenant a servant with a servant's righteousness, could actually stand and make such great intercession for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, what if there are just 50%, 50 people in the land who are righteous? Will you, the God of the whole earth, still judge them? Will you not do right? And it just stuns me, the boldness of Abraham before God, saying to the whole God of the, of, of the universe, will you not do right? And he's standing the way in front of um. Um, God's path of judgment and pleading for the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, it shows not only God's righteousness, but it also shows God's mercy that he will give someone this right to stand in the gap and to stand in front of him and to demand mercy, to d- actually demand mercy based on law, based on his right as a covenant man with God. God has given each and everyone that same privilege to be an intercessor to be a prayer warrior and in our land today in exactly the same way God is looking all over the land for people who will stand in the gap and who intercede you know there's a saying by John Wesley that God it seems as if God cannot do anything except a man asks him to do so now sometimes we think that in intercession belongs to a special group of people. That inter- prayer is a, it's unique, that our calling is different. But the truth about it is that we are all called to intercession. Intercession is in the office of the priest. And in 1 Peter 2, the Bible says that we're a royal priesthood. We're a holy priesthood. Two types of priesthood. Number one, we are royal. In other words, we are kings. Number two, we are holy. That means we can actually enter into the holiest, into God's presence, and make intercession, and offer up praises, and offer up the ministry of a priesthood in the very, very presence of God. And when you fulfill your, of your role as a holy priesthood, and you now come back to the earth, you also fulfill, then you can fulfill your role as a royal priesthood. Now, this message is is not to condemn, not to say, oh, we are not praying enough. Because the truth about it is that prayer is not what brings you approval before God. You are already approved. You are already de- declared righteous. You already have the same standing that Jesus Christ had. Your approval is setting. It is sure You stand before God blameless, approved, with the same standing that Jesus Christ had, because you are in Christ. You are united with Jesus. You are one with Him. And therefore, prayer is not something to gain more approval. So you are not condemned. Prayer doesn't... Whether you pray a little, whether you pray a lot, that's not what guarantees your approval before the Father. Secondly, Prayer is not a duty. We don't pray because, oh, the lost, people are going to hell, or, oh, it's a duty before God that God commands that we should pray. Therefore, I'm going to fulfill this duty. That's not the reason we pray. The reason we pray is because God calls us into fellowship with him. Prayer is fellowship. And uh, much of this has already been said by the worship leader, by Travis and before I came up, and I was just really in—oh my goodness—they're going to preach my sermon before I even get there. Prayer is fellowship with the Father. God is calling you into fellowship with Him, into partnership. Even when God calls you to intercede for somebody who is needy, it is as much for you as for that person that you are interceding for, because God wants to, you to be by His side as He blesses others. God wants you to part he wants to, you to partake of the joy of pouring out his blessings on others so prayer is fellowship prayer is partnership with God prayer is communion prayer is community with the father the son and the holy spirit Ephesians 1 says that through Christ we have access to the father in one spirit that is prayer and you can see the presence of the Trinity there, the Father who we have access to through Jesus Christ who laid the groundwork in the Spirit who carries us and lifts us right there in the very presence of God. So prayer is fellowship with God. And God is calling you because he desires and longs for your fellowship. God is a Father God. He doesn't want servants to do his work. If not, would have been we still In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, they were servants and they were people to obey God. God has angels to serve him. But God's heart, the heart of God, the Father heart of God is longing for sons to take his body with him and share in his walk, to share in the joy of fellowship. I remember that story of the prodigal son. There were two sons. The Bible calls them sons. One understood his inheritance but didn't understand the joy of walking with the father in fellowship. One understood the joy of walking with the father in fellowship, but didn't understand his inheritance. And that is actually the one other message that Jesus was trying to pass across. Not only the father heart of God when the prodigal son came back, but also for the other son. The other son was annoyed and went out, And wouldn't come. And the father went out to seek him. And that's one story we tend to forget. Just as the father went out to welcome the the, um, lost prodigal son. Who understands his inheritance. But didn't realize his responsibility to partner with the father in his work. The other was partnering with the father. And when he was angry, the father went out to embrace him. And to bring him back into the party. So God wants to partner with you. You may say, oh, well, my calling is praise and worship, or my calling is to serve. But even in that service, it should be done in the power of the Spirit, in the power of the Holy Spirit, and not in your own strength. The Bible says, power, not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord, one of the great things I love about Resurgence is our hunger and our passion for the Spirit of God, for the walking of the Spirit of God, for the presence of the Spirit of God. Jesus Christ, when he was living, he said, do not, it's for your own good that, I, that I'm living. And you would wonder what could be better than to walk with Jesus by your side all the days of your life. But Jesus said there's something better And that better thing is the Holy Spirit indwelling you. Jesus told his disciples, do not depart from Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. In other words, don't step out. Don't even try to serve me. Only do this in the power of the Spirit. In the power of the Holy Spirit. And the thing about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is in you. But the Holy Spirit, the walking of the Holy Spirit is entirely dependent upon prayer. Entirely. Entirely. The Holy Spirit will not walk except it's preceded by prayer. Let's look at a few scriptures. Let's go to Luke 4. I believe so much in scriptures. so Now, We will start with the ministry of Jesus Christ. Look for verse 1. It says, Jesus, being full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. This scripture doesn't really bring it out as well as Amplified does. Amplified says something like this. Jesus was led of the Holy Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days. In other words, it wasn't just that he was led to the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. But even while he was in the wilderness, he was led of the Spirit. That suggests, and he was fasting as well, that suggests that he was praying in the Spirit or he was fellowshipping with the Father in the Spirit as as well as the temptations that came to him from the devil. But now, if you jump to verse, verse 14, it says, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. So in the first place, he was filled with the Spirit, and he went into the wilderness. And in the second place, verse 14, it says he returned in the power of the Spirit. And there's actually a difference between the two. The difference was that in the second verse, in verse four, the second verse we read, Luke 4, 14, the Spirit of God was in manifestation. In the first instance, he was filled with the Spirit, as we all are. But in the second instance, there was a visible manifestation of the Spirit of God upon him in the atmosphere. Let's look at another scripture, verse five, Luke 5, verse 17. Okay, let's start from 16. It says, because the two are connected. He says and he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. So there's a connection between the two. In one instant he prayed, in one he prayed and then after he prayed He was there teaching, and the presence of God was so strong in the atmosphere to heal them. You know, the prayer brought the Spirit of God into manifestation to heal. So that's the connection between prayer and the manifestation of the Spirit of God. Luke 16, verse 12. It says, and it came to pass in those days. He went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And then he he went down and called his disciples. Let's jump to verse 16. And after prayer, it says, he came down with them and stood in the plain. And the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him, and to be healed of their diseases. Verse 18, and they, and they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue or power out of him, and healed them all. Now, this is a very interesting verse. It says that Jesus went to the mountain and prayed, and he continued all night in prayer to God. Then in verse 19, when he was ministering to the multitude, the presence of God was so strong, was so powerful, that he wasn't even laying hands on on people. The power of God was actually surging out of him like a river, rushing out and healing everybody, healing all of them, And as they were feeling the power, they were also surging to get more of him, to touch him. But that is the combination of prayer and the power of God. And you can even, if you compare all these scriptures, you can see how there is a gradual increase in the manifestation. In the first place, it just said that he returned in the power of the Spirit. So the power of God was in manifestation, but it was just upon him. In the second place, it says the power of God was present in the room to heal them. And part of the verse we didn't read was about a man that went and touched Jesus and was healed. In this third verse, it wasn't just that the power was upon Jesus Christ. It wasn't just that the power was filled the whole room. The power of God was surging out like a mighty river and a force and flowing out and transforming and touching everybody. He says it heals all of them. And so you can see that there was a progression because the truth about it is that the more we pray, the more we see the things of God moving. And you look out in the world, why is there so much evil going out? And that's because in every instance, God was looking for someone to pray And many times by your prayer you can avert many things. If we all as a body unite, not just one or two, not even just the whole body of resurgence, but the whole body of Christ worldwide, if we all unite and pray, we will take over this world. We will transform this world. It will be for us like it was of Paul when they said that they that have turned the world upside down are here again. With our prayer, we can turn the world upside down. But why? Because we release the spirit of God. Who is the power of God and the representative of the Godhead on the earth right now? Who does the business of God on the earth right now? And that's why God is calling you to prayer. You may not, some people are more giving to prayer than others. But if you want to see the fullness of the walking of the Holy Spirit in your unique area of ministry you must also give yourself to prayer and intercession and trusting that God would move through you in whatever you do. And I assure you that your prayer life will be transformed. I know myself from what I've learned in the past. Uh, back in Nigeria, I, I was in this um, fellowship. It was a student group. That's how I learned much of. That's where the foundation of my own Christianity uh, was laid. And I was in the evangelical group. And we would go out every Saturday and knock on doors and to preach the gospel to people. And there were students. We used to preach to students. They would open the door, welcome us, welcome us in. We would share the message of the gospel. And um, most of the time, at least at that point, we wouldn't get anybody giving his life to Christ. But, you know, but sometimes we will. And one of the things that bothered me was that why are we not seeing as much results as we should and i and i began to study the bible i began to god one day i was praying about it and i just had a vision in my heart about a book which is touch the world to prayers i'm sure some of you may have read that book by dual wesley and i got the book and i started reading it and i and, and i got other books on prayer started reading it started reading about great intercessors in history um And I now began to see that prayer was the key. And just as prayer is the foundation, prayer is vital. Prayer is necessary. If you really want to see the presence of of the Holy Spirit and the walking of the Holy Spirit in your life. And when I saw that, I decided that I wanted to be a person of prayer. I wanted my prayers to be mighty. And, um, I started searching the scriptures, started meditating upon the scriptures, started giving myself to prayer. It was difficult at, at first, um, but there are very, various keys to stir yourself to love prayer. The truth about it is we all love prayer because you are a child of God. You love the presence of God. You love the presence of God. You are a prayer warrior, really, because you do love the presence of God. And once you taste The presence of God, nothing else satisfies. And that hunger begins to build up in you. But you have to fan it to flame. You have to stir it up. And so gradually I began praying. And I I began experiencing God. I began experiencing the power of God. Began seeing the results of prayer in my life. We began, a group of us would get together. We would pray for different things. And some people say that um, some of the results... Even in my mind, I'll be thinking, wasn't that a coincidence? I remember once we got together, we were praying for um, um, a country that had been in civil war, Angola, for over 30 years. And we began praying, and we began praying, and we began praying. One day, we heard that the rebel leader just died, and all of a sudden, there was peace in the land. The civil war ended. 30-year civil war just came to an end. Was it only my prayer? Probably not. There probably were a number of other people praying about the same thing, but I was glad that I was a part of it. I remember another instance. This was after I got to the U.S. I just was praying for Nigeria. We, are being, we have oil, we are rich in oil, but corruption has somehow destroyed our leadership. And there's so much corruption that we are um, a fairly poor nation. And we gathered a lot of debts that has been crippling the economy. And so I I just started praying. I tend to pray for Nigeria anyway, just as we do for Canada and any other country. But I was just praying for Nigeria. And I felt God saying, and I had been interceding for quite a while. And I just felt God saying that, oh, your debt is going to be canceled. And Tony Blair is going to be instrumental in it. And your current president, who was a guy called Obasanjo, is going to be part of it. And I said, oh wow, that's fantastic. And I went and I told another Nigerian that this is going to happen. They're going to cancel our debt. Tony Blair is going to be instrumental and the uh, current president is going to. And he said, really? Really? I said, yeah, you just watch and see. (laughs) And then along the course of time, there was debt forgiveness. So, But it was for some other country. I said, "What? What? Not, uh, not Nigeria. He said, what happened? was, they forgave a few other countries' debt. They didn't do anything to Nigeria, but I knew what God had told me. I said they are going to forgive Nigeria's debt. And shortly afterwards, maybe a month or so afterwards, it happened exactly that way. Was it a coincidence? There's a man of prayer who said, well, the more I pray, the more coincidences I see. And when I don't pray, I don't see any coincidences, so I think I'll stick with prayer. (laughs) And that's what I've decided. Your mind will tell you that too. That this is just—it's not really anything—but you have to act in faith, even after the prayer, to give the glory to God. And I can give you more testimony. There was a time um, I was—I spent some time in Alabama before coming to pray. I am um, to um, the U.S., and I got to this church, and I really didn't know what was happening in the background, but it's because once you have tested the presence of God. Nothing else satisfies. It doesn't matter how many degrees you have. That doesn't satisfy. Nothing else. It doesn't matter. Your your relationships will not satisfy. Your food will not, money will not satisfy. There is something about the presence of God. And I went to this church and I just wasn't satisfied with the presence of God in that place either. So I decided to start praying. And I would go for their inter... um, They they had a a night of intercession. And I would go there and I would speak in tongues and pray in the spirit. And I would go for the service. I still wasn't satisfied with the presence of God. And I was just... I decided, okay, I'll start praying before the service. I started praying at home. Because I just wanted to... Now there was a little bit of selfishness. (laughs) Because I really wanted to experience the presence of God. But this is some of the things um, I learned along my journey of prayer. And then gradually... After about one and a half years of, of just consistently praying, things started trans- changing in the prayer. Now it wasn't only me. When I think sometimes people see your passion and it ignites in them as well. And a bunch of us got together and we started hungering and desiring for the presence of God, for more of God. We were spending time praying. S- two weeks every, two hours every week would pray. Would come before the service. We would pray. The whole atmosphere be- began to change. The presence of God would just hit the place, and people, you know, the power of God, so much joy, peace. Sometimes we were seeing healings, um, answers to prayers, miracles. Uh, and then occasionally people would also come to us, those of us who were in the prayer team. And I remember this lady who used to come to us for prayer whenever she had an exam. She said, Oh, because she recognized the presence of God and the effect of our prayer. So she wanted us to pray for her as well. And she would come and say, oh, I'm doing this exam. Pray that I have a B. A B. And I used to wonder, why B? Why, Why not an A? Now, I believe that you really ought to read to get a B. But, I mean, I don't mind praying for anything, but... You have scripture to pray for it. And I will, we would pray that God give her wisdom, show her what to read, quicken her intelligence, let her get the B she wants. And she would get the B. <laughs> she would get the B. And she would come a second time. She wants a B. I said, why B? She says she thinks that's what she can get. We would pray and she would get a B. Then one day, I don't know, she just came and we prayed that God quicken her intelligence, quicken her mind, make her sharp to grasp what um, she's reading. And then I noticed after some time, she didn't come to me for prayer anymore. And I really didn't know why did my prayer fail at that time. (laughs) This guy doesn't know how to pray. She's thinking, oh gosh, I didn't get a B. So one day she told me, do you know that I don't come to you to pray anymore uh, for prayers And I said, why? She said that um, after you prayed that, um, that time, all of a sudden, I just know what the whole course is. I just know it, that God has somehow increased my intelligence, and I don't really need to pray. I can just read, know it, and get an A. And s- subsequently, started getting A's. <laughs> and, of course, is it a coincidence? As the guy said, the more I pray, the more coincidences I see. Uh, and and, and the... Many more testimonies that God showed the power, the effect your prayers can have. And, and there was a time back in Nigeria, there was a student that came and said that um, she had, there was a course that was required for her to graduate, and she failed the course. Now, she had joined our prayer team in the church I was attending, and wanted, um, and she had been coming so faithfully. Fitful, and she said to me that because she didn't pass that course, she's going to have to spend one year, come back for one year and retake the course. But she said, I can't. I don't have the strength. And I just looked at it. And you know when the Bible says Jesus looked at him and compassion just welled up in him. That same compassion just welled up in him. And I said, this lady, this sister, that's how we call ourselves in Nigeria, this girl's sisters, bros, brothers, <laughs> This sister has been coming for, she has been faithful. This cannot happen to us. So we got to her, we got together, we started praying in the spirit, praying in tongues. You know, sometimes you just don't know how to pray. What are we going to pray about that? She has failed the course. What can we do? You know, so all we can do is pray in the spirit. The Bible says, likewise, the spirit helpeth our infirmities, for we know not how to pray as we ought. But the spirit makes intercessions for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. But he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because he makes intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. So we may not know how to pray, but the spirit does know how to pray. And he knows the will of God. He knows the mind of God. So when we are praying in the spirit, we are praying according to the will of God. We are praying according to the mind of God. And we are praying according to the energy of the spirit. There's another place in Colossians 1:26 which says that, for this I labor, striving with all the energy which He so mightily inspires within me. So when the Holy Spirit joins with you to pray, not only are you praying according to the wisdom, and mind, and will of God, you are also praying with the energy that the Holy Spirit infuses in you. And that's why you hear some things like when people say, oh, I was praying and I began groaning in the Spirit. Those are the yearnings and the origins from the Spirit imparted to your spirit so that you are praying actually in the capacity of His Son. A son of God with the authority of Jesus Christ, your prayer life is transformed into another level, into another dimension. So we began praying for her in the spirit. I didn't forget the story. We are praying for this girl. And um, as we were praying, I just felt in my spirit that you passed. You passed. So I told her, You passed. And, of course, that was crazy because she just told me I failed. And here I am, tell said, no, you passed. <laughs> you pa- so I told her, you passed. Go and do whatever you know in your heart to do. And so what she knew in her heart to do was go to the department. And it, I think it was even on a Saturday. And just go there. So she went there and she met someone and told the person her story. The person led her to another person and said, look, this is all I can do. So see whether this person can lead you help you, the person later to another person, to another person, eventually they pulled out her, her, her scripts. Now in Nigeria, usually they don't give us your scripts back because of this kind of problem. Because you say, I pass when they tell you you failed. But, but the long and short of it, they pulled out her script and they found out that she actually passed. And they, you know, up, upgraded her score and she was able to graduate. And this, this is just one of few, a few stories that I've experienced when I realized that this call to prayer is real. That this God we serve is a real God. That this God we serve is a compassionate God. He's a caring God. He's an all-powerful God. And he's calling, you into, he's calling us into fellowship to experience what he is. The most powerful person on earth is the person of prayer. And there's a revivalist who, the, in, in, the, um, in the time of Queen Vic, the Queen of the Scots or Queen Victoria. And Queen Victoria said to her that I fear this man of prayer more than I fear all the armies of Europe. Because as you learn to take your rights and privileges in prayer, all God's ability, all God's possibility opens up to you because you are a son and as a son you are an heir and as an heir you have an inheritance and your inheritance is all that God has because the inheritance belongs to Christ and you are joint heirs with Jesus Christ and therefore all that belongs to Jesus Christ also belongs to you and we need to rise up to the level that God has called us to We need to rise up and take our stand and our place where God has placed us. We are seated with Christ at the right hand of God. The right hand means that this is, the it's not just the side. But it is the place where the authority, the power, the glory of God sits. You know, the Bible in Revelation talks about Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who is seated in the midst of the throne. So the right hand of God is the hand that God uses to accomplish, his, accomplish things. And if we are seated at the right hand of God with Christ Jesus, it means that all the privileges that belongs to Christ also belongs to us in his name. And we need to rise up and take our place. Yeah, it, we are, not everybody will be an intercessor. Not everyone will be called to give devote a huge amount of time to prayer. But everyone is called to pray. And the more you pray, the more you experience the presence of God in your life. The more you pray, the more intimacy you will have with the Father. You know when Jesus Christ went to the Mount of Transfiguration and the glory of God came down. The reason the glory came down was because of his prayer. And if you read it carefully, He says that as he began to pray his countenance was transformed and the glory of God shone over him that is actually what happens to each and every one of us when we pray it's not a question of faith it's not a question of works it's not a question of what you have done this is the free gift of grace to you by God your father james 5:16 says that the fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its and That's the Amplified Version. You are that righteous man by the gift of faith. Therefore, if you are that righteous man, your prayers are effective. Your prayers are powerful. Your prayers bring the presence of God down. Your prayers fill you with the Spirit, and you can walk in that power of prayer through the Spirit of God, in the name of Jesus. And I'll just quickly round up, because my time is up, but I'll just round up with a few words. How can you train yourself consistently in prayer? Because it's not just one or one time that makes the difference, but it's the life of prayer, it's the training of prayer, it's being in the school of prayer that makes the difference. Number one, keep your vision alive. Feed yourself about prayer, about the blessing of prayer, about the privilege of prayer. Prayer is not a duty. Prayer is a calling, calling to to enter into the presence of God, calling to fellowship with God, calling to enjoy, enjoy the joy of his presence, the pleasure of his presence. In the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy and at his right hand pleasures forever. If you keep that consciousness that prayer is a joy and not a duty, you begin to stir up that hunger. That prayer makes you powerful. It gives you authority. It makes you impactful in your generation and across the world. It's more lasting than any other thing you do. Every other works would fade away. The greatest scientists that have made the greatest discovery, their discoveries will become obsolete because other scientific discoveries will come. Riches will fade. Beauty will fade. But the effect that you have on prayer will never fade. Keep that consciousness in your mind. The second thing, study, feed along prayer. Because as you feed along prayer, you build your faith for prayer. You build your desire for prayer. And that desire will propel you. The Bible says that it is God that is at work in you, both to will and to walk for his good pleasure. It's not really a de- the determination that, okay, henceforth I'm going to pray. But it's the God working in you to cause you to pray, that you need to learn to yield to by studying the word. And, in, and prayer is based on the word as well. So the more word, the more scriptures you have in your heart, the more the Holy Spirit can draw out from that scripture and use it as the sword of the spirit. You know, you, and if, if, if a, like you, are, you have kids and one of your kids comes to you and say, oh, I cleaned my room. You're, like your father, your daughter comes to you and say, Oh, I cleaned my room. Take me to Disneyland. I say, oh my goodness. What a little princess. She's just like her mother. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, let me, know no, I meant a son. Imagine your son comes to you. You are a father, or you are a mother, rather. You are a mother, and your son comes to you and says, oh, I am, did my homework. Now, cook um, coconut coconut chip cookies for me or whatever, um, chocolate cook. And you as the mother say, oh, my goodness, what a little emperor, just like his father. (laughs) But if if they come to you and say, oh, you said that if I cleaned my room, you would take me to Walt Disney. I have cleaned my room. Now, fulfill your promise. The whole thing changes. Or your daughter comes, you said, oh, if I... Do well in my studies. Your son, I do all my studies. You said you make coconut chip cookies for me. I've done what you said. Now fulfill your promise. The whole concept changes because you know it was your promise. You know it was the word you gave. And you feel entitled to fulfill that word. And that's exactly the same way when we come to God. We come with his promise. And we make it a consistent practice to learn the word. Because we can use it in the place of prayer. Learn to depend on the Holy Spirit as well. Because the Holy Spirit was given to you to expand your ability to lift you up into a higher place that you, of your own ability, would never be able to fulfill. Fourth, learn to be persistent in prayer. Many times we give up too quickly, and if you look at the story of Abraham, Abraham went to intercede for um, Sodom and Gomorrah. And I sometimes ask, what is was his prayer effective? And if you say yes, put up your hand. Okay, this is a, this is a trick question. <laughs> Those people. If you say no, put up your hand. <laughs> if you are in between, put up your hand. <laughs> oh, no, no answers. <laughs> yeah, it's a trick question. Don't mind me. No trust. Where's all the trust? <laughs> Well, the truth about it is, lo- looking from the outside, it looks as if his prayers were effective because God kept on saying, No. Yes, I will do what you say. Yes, I will do what you say. But then, if you didn't see what was going on and uh, you just went afterwards, and just as Abraham did, and looked to see whether Abraham's answers were, prayer were answered, the Bible says that the smoke of the city went up. In, and I can imagine how disappointed was Abraham was. I'm saying, was well, wrong with my prayer? But the thing is that he should have persevered and be persistent right till the end. And sometimes you have to depend on the Holy Spirit to do that. And the last thing is be consistent. Take small bites. Don't say, I'm going to be praying 30, mi- 30 minutes every day. Pray for just five minutes. Start with five minutes and be consistent for a year with just five minutes of prayer every day, every single day. And that's consistency. The Bible says consistency also means patience. It says let patience have its full work. So patience will work in your spirit, will train you in prayer, and you'll be transformed. And you become very impactful in your life, in the life of your loved ones, in the life of your neighbors. And you'll fulfill the calling that God has called you for too. Amen. Amen. So that's what I have to um, share with you. I just want to encourage you. um, Let's all stand up on our feet. Amen. And um, I just want us to um, pray, uh, put into practice some of the things which we've uh, talked about today. Um, could you please um, play that song, I Need You? Or anything you want to play, but we could start with that, I Need You. <laughs> just flow with the Holy Spirit, but I just want us to, that, I, that song, um, and let's just pray to God. Let's consecrate ourselves to prayer. Just lift up your hands and um, to heaven and say to God just say something to God just say something to God speak to him, he's your father you know what words he's speaking to your heart just speak to him consecrate yourself to him you know God wants to release gifts in this place, God wants to open hearts, God wants to impact His person and to you you know, god loves you so much you know he's calling you to his presence he's called this you know god wants to take us as a body higher and there has been words about that and he wants to take you as an individual higher as well so just speak to him just recommit yourself to him make him your priority just make him your priority no prayer is a love affair. It's really a love affair. It's a relationship with a father and his son. And we have heard a bit about the fatherhood of God. That God is a father God. And that's really what prayer is meeting with your father, walking with him, being partners with him. Experiences experiencing his love and his glory. i also feel that god wants to heal people in this place as well the healing presence of god is here the healing glory of the healing power of god is here god wants to touch people what god wants to touch lives you know with god nothing is impossible he's a god of the impossible thank you thank you thank you father be glorified be exalted be lifted high we worship your glorious name you are a blessed god you are a good god you are a great father god and we love you so much we bless and honor you we adore you holy spirit we ask that you flow in this place today in jesus name and touch your people speak to their hearts so god let them hear your voice Father, infuse them with your presence. Let your presence come upon them. Your your word says, On a certain day, Jesus Christ taught, and the presence of God was, and the presence of, the power of God was present to heal them. Oh, Holy Spirit, just move in this place. Move in your power. Touch lives. Transform people. Heal minds. Speak your, your word says, speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell your people that how much you love them, how much you care for them, how much you want to embrace them, how much you desire their, their fellowship, oh God. Oh Father, just embrace your people, oh God. Let them know that they are partners with you, that they are, you are drawing them closer and deeper into a deeper walk with you, into a deeper sense of your presence. If you feel like coming up to the front, feel free to do so. Yeah, Travis said something about creative miracles. If you want, if you, if, there, if, if that applies to you, um, you can come out, and um, we'll just join with you in prayer. And also, if you need healing, if you need any need met.